something to say. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? Welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, which is available as an Amazon ebook, as a paperback, and as a podcast, which you can find at Mask of the Gods in whatever app you're listening to me on. At least it should be there. If it's not, please let me know so I can fix that. Today, I want to talk about a topic that we have discussed before on the podcast, but I don't feel like we can talk about it too much or too often, to be quite honest. And that is LGBTQIA++++++ visibility in fiction all across the board. I get concerned every time I do one of these episodes that... Anyone who is not in the community is going to check out when I bring this topic up. But I promise you, it's important for you, even if you're not LGBTQIA on and on. It is. But before we get into that, if you haven't already, and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general please do so. That helps me out oh so much. It tells the algorithms to share me with more people. And the bigger community we have, the more chance for interaction, and the happier I am. So thank you to everybody who's already done that, and let's get on with the show. First of all, I feel like I should start today's episode by saying, I hear you. Um, We've gotten a lot of comments lately asking for more theory episodes, Those are tricky to put together, and I'm currently working on some, so definitely I will be working on that. If you have any specific fan theories or the like that you would like for me to discuss, you can either hit me up on Twitter, I'm C.E. Dorset over there, or you can leave me a voice message just by going to the show notes, click voice message, and leave me a message. I would love to know what theories you would like me to be talking about. I mean, and that really kind of bleeds in to this topic, because one of the first things that came to mind when I saw the comments from especially Jade Carpenter on um, doing more theory videos was to do an entire episode explaining exactly why Captain Marvel is was in a relationship with Maria Rambo. But that's not really a fan theory as much as it's a fact. But we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, no, I'm kidding. But this is... What... Hmm, As I went through my mind, thinking of all of the theories that I would like to discuss, most of them were around whether or not various characters on various shows, in various movies, 
and in various books are secretly queer. And I don't think that makes for an interesting episode. I, I really don't. I mean, we can talk all day about why I think a particular character should be seen as a particular way, but until it's brought out in canon, it's not going to matter. I mean, before Guardians 2 came out, I there were a lot of, and especially before Endgame, I had a lot of people explain to me exactly why Gamora from the Guardians of the Galaxy series was asexual, or at least a romantic. And, well, they kind of went a completely different way in the movies, didn't they? And that's fully their right. But the reason so many of us spend time theorizing over whether or not these characters are ace, arrow, bi, gay, what have you, is because we are not visible. We are not included in a lot of media. And so, very often, we're used to queer-coded characters that we can at least say, well, more than likely that one. And that's the best we got. Now, things are getting better. One of the other reasons why I decided to do this episode is I watched an interview with Michelle Gomez about her character on The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And one of the things that she said in that interview was that one of the things she felt made the show as popular as it was is the sheer diversity of the cast, that no matter your ethnicity or sexuality or gender identity, there's a character for you in that series. And while I feel like that overstates things slightly, mainly because I am not sure if there are any bi characters or ace arrow characters explicitly on that show, she does have a, she does make a really good point. That's one of the things that I really love about that show is I can see myself in the various characters, and especially, I'm going to use her name from season one, Susie's story arc before she transitioned, because as somebody who spent most of their life in that kind of questioning phase, that's been very difficult for me, and watching that play out on such a wonderfully surreal show, and seeing how they deal with some of the fears and concerns and whatnot, and really made him a very good character, a very strong character. I mean, there's nothing but happiness there. <laughs> this is also one of the reasons I enjoy um, the uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, is again, getting to see people like me. And especially in a character like Scorpia, who, in my head, is transgender and that's one of the reasons why she has such a deep voice and is just ever so wonderful now i don't think that they will ever confirm that on the show and i just think that she's going to end up being a butch character definitely 
bi or a lesbian because of her feelings for Catra. But I do love that character because I'm allowed to see myself in her. And that's a very powerful thing. It's something that if you've never experienced that lack of portrayal can really be jarring. And I don't think it's... See, I was listening to somebody a while back try to explain this to somebody and use a film with an all-black cast or something like that. That doesn't work. That's not the same thing. I grew up, and I know a lot of people of various ethnicities have also had this issue, but being raised a white boy, uh, well, I, I don't feel that that's really my bailiwick to talk about. But growing up and not seeing characters that weren't included because they were the butt of the joke and were not even explicitly out, but were queer-coded so that you could see them as gay if you wanted to, but that was only if they existed. Many times they didn't. You know, the first real trans character I ever saw was, you know, Klinger from MASH. And I'm old and I'm giving away my age there, but I remember seeing him as a kid and it was a joke, number one, that Klinger dressed as a girl because he was trying to get out of the army so he wouldn't have to serve in Korea. And that was a problem. He wasn't actually trans and it was always included for humor. And so the idea that anyone would actually feel that they were of a different gender than the one that they were given at birth, the one they were assigned at birth. That was an idea that I just couldn't have. It wasn't available to me in my mind. And so I went through a lot of suffering and struggle over the years. And even after I knew that it was a thing, it was even harder for me to accept that that could possibly be me because, well, I'm six foot one. I have broad shoulders. I'm fairly heavy. Even when I was thin, I still had a very full body, very male body. And well, you can hear my voice. And this is with practice. I have actually done a lot of practice to raise the tone of my voice. My voice is now significantly higher than it was a couple years ago. And it still sounds like this. And so all of that has kind of bled together to cause people like me issues. See, my voice is part of the problem. My appearance is part of the problem. But it's my problem. Not seeing characters like myself caused me to live for 30, 40 years in denial, in suffering, in ignoring who I am as a person and not embracing anything about myself, hating everything there is about myself, every quality, every little thing. And that is not a way 
anyone should ever have to live. When you don't see representations of people like you at all, ever, ever, you really start wondering if people like you even exist. Are you alone? And when you are part of a minority, any minority, be that a gender minority or a sexual minority or an ethnic minority, that last one, you probably have, you should hopefully have the benefit of seeing other people like you in your household. But I grew up the only person that I knew that was like me. I was a little boy who wanted to play with dolls and who liked Shira and Jem a little bit more than they liked the other things. But I knew how to play the game, and I played the game as well as possible. And it was so heartbreaking through school where they tried to get me to be a football player, and I didn't want to be a football player. I wanted to be a cheerleader. But boys aren't cheerleaders. And besides, I'm very clumsy, so that never would have worked out anyway. But that's not the point. But when it comes to actually giving us representation, I have problems with the way that it's often done. I'm so excited for Dreamer having been on Supergirl this season. Dreamer is a very interesting character. I like the take that they did on her. I like Nia Nall. I love the actress. I love that they actually got a trans actress to play a trans character because that very rarely happens. And this next bit, I don't blame on the showrunners, because it's part of the conceit of the world that the people in Supergirl who have superpowers are all aliens. But Nia is an alien. That doesn't count. She's not human. And by not having her be human... Well, yes, I can identify with a trans character, and I really like the way that they did a lot of things about her. I'm currently doing a rewatch of Supergirl now that it's up on Netflix, and I can watch it without all the stupid commercials. So, I will be talking about that a lot more in future episodes. But, we are almost always the alien, the other. This is the problem that Star Trek had for so long is that they would include storylines, but, oh no, that's just a quirk of that alien species. And then they didn't often do a very good job at telling those tales. See, if you were going to include a trans character, I'm not saying that they can't be an alien, or a gay character, or what have you, but you need to... Think about how othering that is to the very people that are going to be excited to see that character. And I don't like being nitpicky and really loud and vocal about these things because I'm so glad to see more and more people like us. From Alex, you know, just the Arrowverse is filled with wonderful gay characters. Mr. Terrific and... Just, it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that they're doing that. And that they're showing that our inclusion can be viable. That we don't suddenly make you stop making money. Which, of course, is the great problem that we have to face 
that in China. Why doesn't Captain Marvel hug and kiss the woman that she may guess maybe she just had a platonic relationship with, but she was raising, helping to raise this child together? They, the fact that the little girl knew so much about her, it could go through the photo album and tell stories about a person that's not a member of her family. There, there, there's more to that. And that's all queer coding. And people like me see that. And we go, yeah, they were, they were in a relationship. They had to be. It's the only thing that makes their relationship actually make sense. But see, there are countries where you can't import movies with queer characters, like China. And that makes Disney and other companies reluctant to include us because they don't want to lose those markets. And that's the problem with globalization. It kind of goes both ways, doesn't it? Because we're so happy that we're getting to have some semblance of representation here. While at the same time, our rights are being taken away and eroded. While at the same time, the Congress has passed the first legislation on the federal level that would give us equal rights nationwide so that we couldn't be fired or evicted just for being queer. And of course, that has absolutely no chance to go through the Senate because that's how it is. And here we are in this weird nether, nether zone, this nether realm, this dark place where our visibility is greater than it's ever been. Culturally, we are appearing all over the place, and it's wonderful. And yet, our rights are being eroded. Our lives are being taken. Our livelihoods are being stripped away from us. It's a weird place to live in, and it's a hard thing to try to juggle all of the concerns that we have, because things won't get better if we're not in entertainment. Knowing people like us, it is hard to underestimate how much Ellen DeGeneres has done for the queer community, because so many straight Cis housewives love her show. And not to mention other people of other genders and professions, right? But that all of a sudden means that they have a connection with one of us. And that opens them up. That's what visibility does. It opens people up and lets them realize that we're just people. And so as we struggle to keep our rights, to maintain our dignity, we have to continue to push for visibility that we should be in the Marvel movies. We should be in Star Wars. We should exist there. Sinjir and his boyfriend are great queer characters, but they're in the books. 
And if you've never read the Aftermath books, you have no idea who I'm talking about. Two of my favorite Star Wars characters, and not just because I see myself in them. Because they're very well written by Chuck Wendig. But that's in the books. We need to be in the movies. We need to be in the TV shows. We need to be everywhere. And that's how we tear down those walls. That's how we make change. Every time someone comes out, someone loses their their prejudice, or at least finds it eroded. That was a message that we got all the way back with Harvey Milk, who used to preach that gospel. And of course, we know how his story ended. I don't know. There's a lot going on right now, and this is something that's really been weighing on me, and I wanted to talk about it. I hope it meant something to you. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, and you haven't already, please rate this episode. It does mean the world to me. It helps the algorithm to share me with more people, and I really do want this to be a community podcast. On that note, if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear discussed on the show... Especially those fan theories that y'all seem to make me want to talk about. Please either share them with me on Twitter, I'm C. Dorset over there, or in the show notes you'll see a link for voice messages. If you click that, you can leave me a message. Please keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to answer your questions. Or talk about the things that you really want to hear me talk about. While you're there in the show notes, if you've got a buck you can throw my way, if you could click the community support link, you can join the project at the one, five, or ten dollar levels. That money really does help me out a lot, especially because at the end, by the end of June, I'm going to be taking all of my books out of Kindle Unlimited so that I can share them more widely with y'all. And that's a scary thing. If you don't have any money, that's all right. Just please, if you know somebody you think would like this podcast, please share it with them. That helps out a bunch too. Well, I hope you liked this. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.